To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, May 25th, 2022. Coming up this hour. President Biden reacts to another deadly school shooting. We will not forget. We can do so much more. We have to do more. Plus, candidates backed by Donald Trump lose and win primaries in Georgia. And the Fed releases minutes from its May policy meeting. The NYPD says there has been an arrest in a deadly subway shooting. Plus, the second shipment of baby formula from overseas arrives in the U.S. today. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm Scott Sadenberg. The Rangers even up their playoff series. The Yankees snap their losing streak. And the Mets lose a wild one out west. I'll have that and more coming up in sports. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington DC, Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. And good morning, I'm Karen Moscow. And I'm John Tucker. Bloomberg Daybreak being brought to you by BNY Mellon Pershing's Insight Conference. Back in person June 15th through the 17th at the Gaylord Resort in Grapevine, Texas. Don't miss it. Register now at insight.bnymellon.com. And U.S. futures are little changed this morning. Ten-year Treasury also little changed up 132nd yield 2.74 percent yield on the two-year 2.51 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up one and a half percent up a dollar 69 at 111 dollars 46 cents a barrel. And looking at Bitcoin this morning, it's higher up more than one percent at 29,800 dollars. John. And Karen, we'll have more on the markets in a minute. First, the latest on the deadly shooting at the U.S. grade school. The uh, deadliest shooting at a U.S. grade school since Sandy Hook Elementary in Connecticut. At least 19 children and two adults were killed by an 18-year-old gunman at a Texas elementary school. The shooting has drawn emotional and angry reaction from President Biden. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has more. Biden tapping into the anguish. To lose a child is like having a piece of your soul ripped away. And pivoting quickly to gun control. As a nation, we have to ask, when in God's name are we going to stand up to the gun lobby? And answers? When we passed the assault weapons ban, mass shootings went down. When the law expired, mass shootings tripled. The president saying it's time for Congress to move back. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, thanks, Ed. And in the interest of transparency, we should note Michael Bloomberg, founder and majority owner of Bloomberg LP, the parent of Bloomberg Radio, is a donor to groups that support gun control. Well, the Texas shooting took place just 10 days after a gunman opened fire at a Buffalo supermarket in a racist attack. Anger overflowed among Americans who have long demanded legislation to prevent gun violence. Bloomberg politics contributor Jeannie Sheehan-Zeno discussed the issue with Bloomberg's Joe Matthew. 
It's never too early to start talking solutions because this is not, again, an isolated incident. This a change is, of politics could it, backfire, though. It, it can backfire, but you know what? That should be nobody's concern, and particularly this president's. This is going on and on. It has to be addressed. The problem is, can you move anything like this through the U.S. Congress today? And sadly, the answer is no. Bloomberg Politics contributor Jeannie Sheehan-Zeno speaking with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. And another major story we're following this morning. The key primary races across the country. We begin in Georgia where candidates backed by President Donald Trump have both won and lost. Amy Morris has details from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp and Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, both targets of former President Donald Trump, both won their primaries. Kemp beat David Perdue with 73.7% of the vote and will face off against Democrat Stacey Abrams, who ran unopposed. Raffensperger beat Jody Heiss with 52.2% of the vote. Former football great Herschel Walker, who was also backed by Trump, won the GOP Senate primary with 68.3% of the vote. And he'll face Democrat incumbent Raphael Warnock, who won with nearly 9 of the vote. Marjorie Taylor Greene won her GOP House primary with 69.5% of the vote. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. We continue our team coverage of those primary races now with a look at some other results. And Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live with more. Good morning, Renita. Karen, good morning. The Republican Senate primary heads into a runoff in Alabama with Katie Britt and U.S. Representative Mo Brooks. Britt garnered 44% of the vote to 29% for Brooks. Former White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders wins the GOP nomination for governor in Arkansas with 83% of the vote. And Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton wins the GOP nomination for re-election with nearly 68% of the vote. He was up against a member of the Bush political dynasty, beating George P. Bush in the contest. Paxton is still under indictment for securities fraud and an FBI investigation. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. And turning to the markets, U.S. futures, right now they are higher following a late-day rally on Wall Street, which saw the Dow Jones Industrial Average close higher and the S&P 500 pair losses. Fed policy continues to dominate market moves, and today we're going to get more clues on how high interest rates may go and how fast the Fed releases minutes from its policy meeting at 2 p.m. Wall Street time. Bloomberg's Michael McKee has details. An unusually open Fed has all but promised two consecutive half percentage point rate increases in June and July. What they haven't publicly agreed on is what happens after that. That's why investors and analysts will be parsing the minutes of their May meeting for clues to how far Fed officials think they need to go and how quickly. Something else to look for, a move away from discussing the concept of a neutral rate target in favor of following financial conditions, which have tightened significantly the past two months. If that continues, they may not have to raise rates as much. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Michael, thank you. A highly anticipated Twitter shareholder meeting also takes place today, and we get a preview from Bloomberg's Tom Busby. Well, you can expect a tumultuous meeting today, and it's all about money, $44 billion. Twitter's board says Elon Musk's $44 billion agreement to buy the site is a done deal. There's no negotiating on the sale price, and it's urging its shareholders to approve the deal. But Musk is balking, saying he'll only move forward if the company is transparent about all the fake bots and spam accounts on the platform. Many think that Musk either has cold feet about the agreement or is merely angling for a sharply lower price. Tom Busby, Bloomberg Daybreak. 
All right, Tom, thank you. And right now, futures are higher. S&P futures up about six points. Dow futures up 16. NASDAQ futures up 24. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. All right, thanks, Karen. 607 on Wall Street. Time to bring in Michael Barr to find out what else is going on in New York and around the world. John, thank you very much, Sarah. A man suspected of abruptly pulling a gun and killing a stranger on a New York City subway train has been arrested. Police say they don't yet know what motivated the apparently unprovoked attack. Andrew Abdullah was taken into custody hours after authorities posted his name and photo on social media and implored the public to help find him. New York Mayor Eric Adams. The fact is, he is the poster child of many people who believe they can create violence without any repercussion at all. Mayor Adams says the 25-year-old is expected to face a murder charge in the death of 48-year-old Daniel Enriquez. Earlier, Mayor Adams commented on a report from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. NOAA released their predictions for the Atlantic hurricane season outlook, predicting an above-normal storm season for a seventh year in a row and up to six major hurricanes impacting the country. Adams says it is essential for New Yorkers to understand their risks and evacuation plans before these kinds of weather events strike. Coastal storms, hurricanes, and floods... Uh, Preparation is everything. And today this announcement is allowing all of our agencies uh, and New Yorkers uh, to be prepared. Mayor Adams reflected on Hurricane Ida, which killed more than a dozen New Yorkers last fall with flash floods. Representative Antonio Delgado will be sworn in as New York's lieutenant governor. Governor Kathy Hochul will swear in Delgado today. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer wants the opportunity to debate domestic terrorism on the floor of the Senate. It's a simple question. Should the Senate consider a bill to crack down on domestic terrorism and extremism? Yes or no. We need to take the first step to fight domestic terrorism. We'll see where everyone falls. Senator Schumer of New York also called against voter suppression. First Lady Jill Biden and Surgeon General Dr. Vivek Murthy will greet the arrival of the second shipment of baby formula through Operation Fly Formula. A FedEx plane traveling from Germany packed with formula lands today at Dulles Airport outside Washington. South Korea says it appears North Korea has test-launched an intercontinental ballistic missile. The South says the North also tested two other missiles. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg John. Michael, thank you. And he is now 6.10 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, Scott Seidenberg. Good morning, John. The Rangers beat the Hurricanes 4-1 to even up their playoff series at two games apiece. Frank Petrano opened up the scoring on the power play. Adam Fox, Mika Zibanejad, and Andrew Kopp also scored, while Igor Shesterkin made 30 saves. Here was Gerard Gallant. Competed hard. The first period was probably the best period of hockey I've seen this year from both teams, not just us. It was back and forth. It was... Uh... I thought it could have been 4-2 for a loss after the first period. Both goalies were outstanding. Elsewhere, the Oilers took a 
3-1 series lead over the Flames with a 5-3 win. NBA playoffs last night. The Mavericks avoid elimination, beating the Warriors 119-109. Tonight, Eastern Conference Finals Game 5. The Heat and Celtics tied at two games apiece. Jose Trevino with a big night for the Yankees. The solo homer in the third, a game-tying single in the seventh, and the walk-off winner in the bottom of the 11th as the Yankees snapped their season-high three-game losing streak, beating the Orioles 7-6. The Mets and Giants playing a back-and-forth game last night in San Francisco. The Mets scoring 10 runs in the 7th, 8th, and ninth innings combined. They erase a six-run deficit but would lose in the bottom of the ninth. Edwin Diaz allowing four hits, including the walk-off single to Brandon Crawford, 13-12, the final. Tennis at the French Open. Joe Wilfred Sanga's career comes to an end. He loses in the first round and retires at the age of 37 with 18 career titles. Elsewhere, Americans Madison Keys and Jessica Pagula advance on the women's side. I'm Scott Seidenberg with Bloomberg Sports. John? All right, thanks, Scott. And ahead of the cash open on Wall Street, we have Dow futures right now, 24 points higher. S&P futures, they are up 7 points. And the Nasdaq futures, 30 points higher. And we have the 10-year yield, the benchmark, at 275, unchanged. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And just ahead, we'll speak with Greg Valliere, the chief policy strategist at AGF. We'll take a deeper dive into the mass shooting in Texas and the results of the uh, primaries. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. And futures are little changed this morning. NASDAQ futures are higher, up about 12 points. And the DAX in Germany is up about a quarter percent. The 10-year Treasury, little change, yield 2.74 percent. And the yield on the two-year, 2.51 percent. It is 6.17 on Wall Street. Time for your daily Bloomberg crypto update. It is brought to you by Interactive Brokers. It charges margin loan rates from 1.33 percent to 2.33 percent. Rates subject to change. Learn more at ibkr.com slash compare. Now with the latest in crypto news, here's Bloomberg's Renita Young. Renita. Karen, right now Bitcoin is trading close to 30,000. It's been hovering around this level ever since the Terra USD stablecoin collapse triggered a sell-off in cryptocurrencies. So it's a good time to check in on the first country to declare Bitcoin as legal tender. El Salvador is currently down about 35%. That's nearly $40 million on the 2,301 Bitcoin its president bought with public funds since making it legal tender last year. The nation's finance minister says Bitcoin's recent price dip has even scared away potential buyers of a planned $1 billion Bitcoin-backed bond. But none of this has stopped the crypto-touting president. He bought another 500 coins just last month. You know who else it hasn't stopped? U.S. Miami Mayor Francis Suarez, who says, hey, I'll still take my city salary in Bitcoin, thank you very much, even after a route that sent the crypto down almost 40% over the past two months. Suarez wants to promote Miami as a crypto and tech center, and he made the comments to a panel at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. And that's your Bloomberg Crypto Update, live in New York. I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Karen? All right, Renita, thank you. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, an 18-year-old gunman opened fire at a Uvalde, Texas elementary school, killing at least 19 children and two adults before he was killed by law enforcement. Later, a visibly angry President Biden addressed the nation, renewing his call for the reform of gun laws. 
When we passed the assault weapons ban, mass shootings went down. When the law expired, mass shootings tripled. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp has easily beat Donald Trump's hand-picked challenger in a Republican primary, former Senator David Perdue. Kemp got 78 percent. Perdue received 22 percent. In the NHL playoffs, the Rangers beat the Hurricanes. Baseball, the Yankees beat the Orioles. The Mets lost to the Giants. The Red Sox and the A's won. The Nationals lost. In the NBA playoffs, the Mavericks stay alive as they beat the Warriors. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, John. Michael, thank you very much. It is 6.20 on Wall Street. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Families in Texas will spend this holiday weekend burying their children, 19 of them and two of their teachers. In response, you heard President Biden asking, when are we going to stand up to the gun lobby? Let's take a, a deeper dive into the shooting this morning. And we'll also uh, examine the latest primary results. Joining us now, Greg Valier, Chief U.S. Policy Strategist at AGF Investment. Wish you could be under better circumstances, Greg. As far as I can tell, there have been no electoral consequences for opposition to even modest restrictions on civilian weapons. Um, what's next? Well, I, I don't see a lot, John. I wish I could tell you this morning that there will be some background checks, there will be some beginning of gun regulation, but i got to tell you, I, I don't see it. Uh, you need 60 votes to get anything done in the Senate, and I don't think 60 votes are there. This is such an incredibly depressing story to have you know, all of these horrible incidents. We've had over 3,000 mass murders since... Uh, since the the school shootings in Connecticut. So I I think that this, unfortunately, is not going to lead to any reforms. Nothing happened after Sandy Hook, substantial. Not only that, but the far right uh, had conspiracy theories following the murders that occurred there. Just just absolutely bizarre, John. And I, I think that it was a real eye-opener for everybody that you're not going to be able to get much done. The great irony here, in my opinion, is that 80, 85% of the American public wants some gun control. They, they don't want to take people's guns away. That, that was obviously a, a, a lie about Hillary Clinton. But people do want to see some reforms. When you get over 80%, in this country favoring anything, that's a pretty powerful number. Could this impact the November election outlook at all? It could, John. You've got two real wild cards. One is Roe v. Wade, and we'll get a ruling on that probably in the next couple of months. And now you have this. If we get no reform, which is probably the likely scenario, I do think there could be a backlash against politicians who refuse to do anything at all. So it could I, th- I think it's a stretch to say that it could mean this, the House will stay um, uh, Democratic. I, I still think the Republicans will take the House. Uh, the Senate, though, I think is becoming closer because of abortion and because of guns. And after this tragedy, um, after the, the mass shooting that we saw in Buffalo, it's the National Rifle Association Conference. It's, uh, what, this Friday? Yep. 
Yeah, this Friday, uh, Ted Cruz will be there, Trump, and, you know, a lot of uh, pro-gun uh, politicians. The, the NRA is is running scared. There are groups that are more conservative, that there are further to the right of the NRA. So I think the NRA is trying to increase its visibility. And you're going to get the same old sound bites that it, it's an effort by the Democrats to exploit gun violence, uh, to take away people's guns. And nothing is further from the truth. Um, you write in your note this morning, this issue isn't just about uh, mass murders. Could you uh, expand on that? I'm sorry, I missed the word. There's, there's what? Uh, you write in your note the, this morning, this issue isn't just about mass murders. Yeah. Could you expand on that? Yeah, I, I, I think it's it's also the gun violence we've seen in so many cities, uh, Chicago, Washington, Atlanta, several other cities where we've had unprecedented gun violence. And, and I think that's part of this entire uh, narrative as well. It's something the Republicans will throw back at, at the Democrats. You do have to ask the question, is there any politician in America who's willing to take on this issue? I think Steve Kerr, the coach of the Golden State Warriors is, is willing to take it on, but he's not a politician. There is one politician who I think could be intriguing, and that's the mayor of New York City. Yeah, and, you know, you, you mentioned New York City, and you got to bring the Supreme Court into the fold because they could be ruling on local jurisdictions, including New York City's own gun control measures, the restrictions that we have here in the city. You need to know to start your day brought to you by Interactive Brokers Global Analyst. It helps you find new global investment opportunities to diversify your portfolio and discover undervalued companies that may have greater growth potential. Try IBKR Global Analyst today at ibkr.com slash ga. Up first, we begin in Texas, where at least 19 children and two adults were killed by an 18-year-old gunman at Robb Elementary school. President Biden addressed the nation last night, expressing condolences and quickly pivoting to gun legislation. Where in God's name is our backbone to the courage to deal with it and stand up to the lobbies? It's time to turn this pain into action. President Biden addressing the nation after the elementary school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. We should note Michael Bloomberg, the founder and majority owner of Bloomberg LP, the parent of Bloomberg Radio, is a donor to groups that support gun control, including every town for gun safety. And now to the other major story we're following this morning, the key primary races across the country. In Georgia, two candidates backed by Donald Trump have lost another one. Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live with details. Renita, good morning. Good morning, John. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp and Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, both targets of former President Trump, both won their primaries. Kemp beat David Perdue 73.7% of the vote. He'll face Democrat Stacey Abrams, who ran unopposed. Raffensperger beat Jody Heiss with 52.2% of the vote. Former football great Herschel Walker, also backed by Trump, won the GOP Senate primary with 68.3% of the vote. He'll face Democrat incumbent Raphael Warnock, who secured nearly 96% of the vote. And Marjorie Taylor Greene won her GOP House primary with 69.5% of the vote. 
Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. Elsewhere, the Alabama Republican Senate primary heads into a runoff with Katie Britt and U.S. Representative Mo Brooks. Britt garnered 44 percent of the vote to Brooks' 29 percent. Former White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders won the GOP nomination for governor in Arkansas with 83 percent of the vote. And Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton took the GOP nomination for re-election with nearly 68 percent of the vote against George P. Bush. And coming up today, we get minutes from the Fed's latest meeting. That is coming up at 2 p.m. Wall Street time. And that's the five things you need to know to start your day, brought to you by Interactive Brokers. And again, futures this morning, little change. NASDAQ futures are higher, up about 14 points right now. The DAX in Germany is up about a third of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up 132nd, yield 2.74%. The yield on the two-year, 2.51%. Ninex crude oil is higher, up 1.4%, up $1.58 at $111.34 a barrel. COMEX gold is down 7 tenths percent or $13.20 at $18.58.20 an ounce. The euro, 1.0666 against the dollar. Bitcoin this morning is up 1% at $29,700. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. All right, thanks, Karen. 633 on Wall Street. And time to bring in Michael Barr to tell us what else is going on in New York and around the world. John, thank you very much, sir. The NYPD says there is an arrest from Sunday's fatal unprovoked subway shooting that left one man dead. Authorities say 25-year-old Andrew Abdullah of Brooklyn turned himself into police. Abdullah has more than 20 prior arrests on his record, including an outstanding weapons charge from last year and previous charges of assault, robbery, menacing, and grand larceny. New York Mayor Eric Adams says Abdullah is the poster child to show just how easy it is for someone dangerous to get a hold of a weapon in New York City. The history of this person, any reasonable thinking New Yorker is going to ask themselves, Why is this person still on our streets? Mayor Adams says the city will work to improve the subway safety. More infant formula is arriving from overseas today to ease the U.S. shortage. Nearly a million eight-ounce bottles worth of Nestle's Gerber baby formula arrives at Dulles Airport. First Lady Jill Biden will greet the plane's arrival. The federal government is being criticized by how it has handled the shortage of formula. Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra says the FDA's authority is limited. If they're not policing themselves, then we have to do more to make sure we are doing the right thing for parents who need that supply. Secretary Becerra, as the formula shipment then heads to a Pennsylvania distribution center. One case of monkeypox has been ruled out in New York City. Health Commissioner Dr. Ashwan Vassan said the other is still pending confirmation. We had two suspected cases of monkeypox. One was ruled out, was negative. One tested positive for the class of viruses to which monkeypox belongs. And we're waiting on confirmation from the CDC, which we hope to get in the next day or two. Dr. Vassan says the World Health Organization has identified about 80 cases of monkeypox around the world. South Korea says North Korea test launched a series of ballistic missiles this morning, 
including the presumed intercontinental ballistic missile and at least one short-range missile. South Korea says that it is in violation of U.N. Security Council resolutions and a serious provocation that threatens peace on the Korean Peninsula and the international community. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg John. Michael, thank you. 635 on Wall Street. Time down for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's Scott Seidenberg. Thanks, John. The Rangers defending home ice, beating the Hurricanes 4-1 to even up their series at two games apiece. Frank Petrano, Mika Zibanejad, Adam Fox, and Andrew Kopp all scored. Igor Shesterkin made 30 saves as the home team has won each of the first four games of this series. Here's Gerard Gallant. I mean, really, you look at the four games. It's not just the two at home, but the four games have been... Pretty much one goal game most of the way through, and you know we'll two teams that are close and battling, and you know I, I just think it's been outstanding hockey by both teams. Elsewhere, the Oilers take a 3-1 series lead over the Flames thanks to a 5-3 win. Baseball: Jose Trevino with a big night for the Yankees, a solo homer in the third, a game tying single in the seventh, and the walk off winner in the bottom of the eleventh as the Yankees beat the Orioles seven six, snapping their season high three game losing streak. The Mets, meanwhile, played a wild game in San Francisco, rallying from eight two down. The Mets scoring ten runs in the seventh, eighth, and ninth combined, but they would fall in the bottom of the ninth as Edwin Diaz allowed four hits including the walk-off single to Brandon Crawford, 13-12, your final. NBA playoffs, the Mavericks avoid the sweep, beating the Warriors 119-109. And tonight, Eastern Conference Finals, Game 5 from Miami, the Heat and Celtics tied at two games apiece. I'm Scott Seidenberg with Bloomberg Sports. John? All right, thanks a lot, uh, Scott. 6.37 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks, some of the names that are moving in the pre-market. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg Radio and TV markets correspondent, Kriti Gupta. You ever have one of their, what do they call it, the Frosty, the milkshake? From Wendy's? Yeah, you turn you could turn it over and nothing comes out because it's, like, so thick. I have had a Frosty, yes. I think, in, like, the third grade, and I haven't <laughs> had it since then. Should um, I, though? Why are they in the news this morning? Wendy's, Wendy's. or Frosties? Well, <laughs> Wendy's. <you know. laughs> WEN is your ticker here, folks. 12% gains, almost 12% gains in the pre-market. This comes after shareholder Tryon Fund Management. This is the investment vehicle of the billionaire Nelson Peltz, whose daughter, by the way, just got married to Brooklyn Beckham. That's also your little gossip What's for the morning. Uh, Nicole Peltz. There ah, you go. So there's well, your little... congratulations, Nicole, if you're listening. Yeah, maybe they are. Um, well, anyways. This is far more interesting. Tryon Fund Management uh, has about an 11.8% share of Wendy stock right now. Uh, and they said that they're exploring a transaction that could give it control of the fast food chain. And investors seeming to like that story up about 12%. WEN. So we've got a little bit of a activist stock story this morning, John. Uh, what else is going I'm looking at the screen here, but you tell me. Well, I think we have to stick with the retailer's theme. That seems to be uh, the big one here because the margin compression thing. Yeah, this idea that there's so much inflation that you can't actually uh, perhaps pass on as many costs to the consumers. And that seems to be the story coming out of Walmart, out of Target. Um, But then you have the series of kind of positive news. We had Best Buy, of course, out yesterday. Some good news there. But we also had Nordstrom out yesterday. JWN is your ticker. Shares are higher by about 10 percent. 
and pre-market trading. After it raised its revenue forecast after the bell yesterday, analysts highlighting the department store's operators' exposure to higher-end customers. Think about this. If you are a retailer and you are trying to target customers that are really concerned about inflation, what economic class is perhaps oh, so the most... so you're telling me Nordstrom uh, appeals to people who have money? Pretty much. And I, I would, I've never been in one. In a Nordstrom? No. Okay, well, we got to get you in there. There's a great flagship store uh, on 57th Street, but. Oh, that is, I have seen. There I've you never go. seen anybody in it, though. That's the one That's 57th. That's a different conversation. But okay. <laughs> that, yeah. it is, the point is, they are geared towards higher end customers who are. For, for lack of a better term, a little bit more insulated to weather those inflationary costs. Nevertheless, JWN is your ticker, up 10%. And it's not just them. Urban Outfitters up on sympathy as well. URBN is your ticker. That stock up 4%. And I don't know if you're an Urban Outfitters shopper, John. My daughter took me to, you ready? Go this ahead. is not a publicly traded company. Goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like some sort of fashion trend to buy used clothing. This, so, this is true. If you look at like the Balenciaga new sneaker distressed. Yeah, look. whatever. I got some great rags for painting. Um, Bloomberg Market Radio TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta. Uh, right now, ahead of the cash open on Wall Street, Dow futures now 32 points. Don't judge me. S&P 500 futures unchanged. NASDAQ futures up 17. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. And the Bloomberg weather for meteorologist Rod Carolyn, a mix of sun and clouds. The high temperature 70 to 75 degrees today. Tonight, partly to mostly cloudy, the low temperature in the mid-50s. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures are a little changed this morning. They've been bouncing around a bit. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. U.S. futures are quiet right now. Dow futures down 57 points. Sesame's dropped four. Well, NASDAQ futures are still higher by a point. The U.S. 10-year-old at 2.75%. Gold is down. Oil is climbing. And Bitcoin is trading higher by 1%. Shanghai rose 1.2% overnight, while European markets are also in the green this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 8.30, durable goods orders. And at 2 o'clock minutes from the FOMC. After the bell last night, Intuit reported its best quarter on record. Nordstrom beat on sales and boosted guidance. And Toll Brothers beat estimates. Regarding earnings this morning, look for Dick Sporting to report in the pre-market. And wrapping things up, CME Group raised to over, over outperform over at Oppenheimer. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg-type squawk on your terminal, SQUAWK, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. A visibly angry President Biden addressed the nation renewing his call for the reform of gun laws. It is in response to the deadly mass shooting at a school in Uvalde, Texas, killing 19 children and two adults. It's time for those who obstruct or delay or block the common-sense gun laws. We need to let you know that we will not forget. We can do so much more. We have to do more. The 18-year-old gunman in the school shooting was killed by authorities. 
Georgia Governor Brian Kemp has easily beat Donald Trump's hand-picked challenger in a Republican primary, former Senator David Perdue. Kemp had 78%. Perdue received 22%. Kemp will face Democrat Stacey Abrams this fall. Republican Herschel Walker will face Democratic incumbent Senator Raphael Warnock to represent Georgia in the November general election. Walker received 68% of the vote. NHL playoffs, the Rangers beat the Hurricanes. The series now tied at two games apiece. Baseball, the Yankees beat the Orioles. The Mets lost to the Giants. Red Sox and A's won. The Nationals lost. NBA playoffs, the Mavericks stay alive as they beat the Warriors. Global news, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, John. All right, Michael, thank you. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios where it is coming up on 650 on Wall Street. Time to check what's going on in D.C. Just a couple of stories in the nation's capital and around the country we're focusing on this morning. President Biden demanding the U.S. stand up to gun makers after the Texas attack. And Georgia Governor Brian Camp, Secretary of State Brad Raffsenberger winning their primaries yesterday. Let's take a, a deeper dive into these stories this morning. We are joined by Wendy Schiller of Brown University from Brown University's Talbot Center for American Politics and Policy. Wendy, I'll just start off by asking you, why have there been no real electoral consequences for opposition to even uh, modest restrictions on weaponry in the United States for politicians? Uh, good morning, John. I mean, a lot of it uh, is, you know, we focus the federal level, but um, even when the federal government passes a gun law, for example, in domestic violence, for example, there's laws on the books for misdemeanor violations, you can't have a gun, or if you're under restraining or you can't have a gun. Enforcing that, that's at the state level, and states have to pass their own laws that go along with the federal government's laws. And then local law enforcement and the state government has to do their job to enforce it. So what's happened is that we have some states that do that and many states that don't. That's just one example. So focusing on the federal laws, I think, um, for advocates can sometimes be a mistake because on the ground, what really prevents somebody from having a gun is a successful background check for one thing and enforcement of laws on the books. So we're not, we don't see that uniformly across the country. Second, um, I think when you're thinking about this uh, for consequences, you know, people say, oh, the NRA, the National Rifle Association, that's gone. The Republican Party itself has adopted a you know, basic premise, you can't restrict my access to a gun. That's just across the whole country and even more so today than it was 20 years ago. So thinking about the lobby, um, I, you know, I know that's what the president said, but in the end of the day, the Republican Party itself has adopted this premise and its base supports that premise. Is there is this an issue for does it make a difference for the November elections, the general elections? Well, I mean, I think in very staunchly Republican states, in Texas, for example, uh, where people believe that law-abiding citizens have guns and, and are responsible with the guns should not be penalized for people who abuse them. The question is, do you want an 18-year-old to be able to have an assault weapon? I mean, it's not a hunting rifle per se. It's an assault weapon. And that's what people have to ask themselves in their state communities, their local communities, as much as the, the national community. And the answer is primarily yes. You know, we're willing to take that risk 
because we think, and we've been persuaded by 30 years of rhetoric from the NRA, but also the Republicans, is that if you take away that weapon, you'll take away all my other rights to, to own a gun. And, you know, it's not just Republican states also. New York has a very, it's a, theoretically a liberal state and has a fairly high rate of gun ownership. So this is just pervasive now. So there are no consequences to this because people think, well, it won't happen in my community, which we're increasingly seeing is a, a myth. But second, um, it's just been too highly um, connected to my individual right to own a gun to protect myself. And people are not willing to trade that for more security. Well, does it bring out more people to the general election? No. I mean, we haven't seen that happen ever, no. really. Uh, we've had, you know, Columbine, going back to the first sort of big, big uh, high school shooting that we were in our consciousness, and that's 1999. No. Uh, I think other issues like abortion, for example, will be a much bigger mobilizer, I think, in general from November than these tragedies that have been happening. Uh, after the primary yesterday, here's the headline from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Uh, the Trump revenge tour derailed in Georgia. Uh, what's the takeaway from the primary yesterday? The takeaway, I think, is that, um, that you know, former President Trump's influence, uh, you know, at, on a personal level is limited. Sometimes he can sway a, a population, like maybe in Ohio in the Senate race or Pennsylvania, but sometimes he can't, which seems to make sense to most people who watch politics. The bigger difference is that his um, rhetoric about the 2020 election is still alive and well, uh, and taking the party to the right, particularly on things like immigration and other things, um, that's still the big fabric of the Republican Party. So his impression on the party, his shaping of the party, I think is still vibrant. He himself may not be a player anymore, but there's just people who are going to be just like him who are coming up the ranks. So I don't think anybody would call Kemp a moderate. Uh, he's a very conservative Republican. He was before Trump, and he will be after Trump. Um, but it just shows that the Republican Party itself has a Adopted his winning slogans, and sooner or later they're going to figure out they don't need him. Uh, Kemp's going to face uh, Stacey Abrams, the Democrat. In a re- I guess it's a rematch. Are there, uh, they've done this before back in 2018. What, uh, what's the outcome? Well, what's an interesting dynamic in Georgia is that, um, unlike previous races, the Senate race has an African-American incumbent, Warnock, against an African-American Republican challenger. So that's going to sort of be interesting to watch the African-American vote. Do they actually split their vote? It's not just the same dynamic between a black candidate and a white candidate. It's uh, can Herschel Wa- Walker. Right. Yeah, Herschel Walker. We can draw different candidate, you know, different turnout. So Stacey Abrams was very successful in getting turnout last time, as was Ralph Warnock in the special election. The question is, can they work their quote-unquote magic, not just among black voters, but among progressives and other Democrats, um, in big enough numbers? Because the Republicans are mobilized, and the out party of the White House usually turns up uh, in much bigger numbers yeah. in the midterm than, the, than the, in, um, the in party. Thanks, Wendy. Appreciate it. Wendy Schiller, Brown University's Talman Center for American Politics and Policy. Uh, you could read more about this on Bloomberg.com or the Bloomberg Terminal as well. And also a reminder, you can follow all the latest on Bloomberg Radio in Washington. That's Bloomberg 99.1 at 105.7 FM HD2. Karen. All right, John, thank you. 6.55 on Wall Street, and we turn to news in science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. It is brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, one of the nation's leading polytechnic universities and a top military-friendly school. Learn more at njit.edu slash veterans. And now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Pfizer says it will provide nearly two dozen products, including its top-selling COVID-19 vaccine and treatment at not-for-profit 
prices in some of the world's poorest countries. The drugmaker announced the program at the World Economic Forum's annual gathering in Davos, Switzerland. Most of the countries are in Africa, but the list also includes Haiti, Syria, Cambodia, and North Korea. California water officials voted to force local agencies to step up their conservation efforts amid a drought that will get worse as the state enters the hot and dry summer. The California Water Resources Control Board passed an emergency measure that will require agencies to put in place contingency plans for up to a 20% shortage in water supplies. And while it's not yet a recognized medical or psychological diagnosis, psychologists estimate that somewhere between 5 to 10% of Americans suffer from an addiction to social media. Digital marketing agency Hennessy Digital recently analyzed the number of Google searches for social media platforms in each state. The five states obsessed with social media the least were Hawaii, Alaska, Louisiana, Nevada, and Arkansas. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. And futures this morning are moving lower. S&P futures down about seven points now. Dow futures down 74 and NASDAQ futures down about 12. Ten-year Treasury, little change, yield 2.74%. And the yield on the two-year is at 2.51%. And NYMEX crude oil is up 1.3% of $1.41 at $111.20 a barrel. COMEX gold is down 8 tenths percent or $14.60 at 8 1856.80 an ounce. Bitcoin at $29,700. And Bloomberg surveillance coming to us from the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland with Tom Keene and Lisa Abramowitz. For John Tucker, I'm Karen Moscow, and this is Bloomberg. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.